0: hello everybody and welcome to coaching the coach I am your host Pete Townley a little bit of a different intro I am on the road with new technology and my normal song my normal intro song is unaccessible at the moment we've had a lot had a lot of technical difficulties in the last year but uh, you know I think we're we're, we're finally past all that um, for the most part that is obviously other than today um that being said pull that music down a little bit one of the things that uh i want to get at, get out here today it's been about a month since the last podcast um we do have a lot of new things coming out this week so you've heard a lot about the youtube for months now You've heard a lot about the Upstate Performance Project Network, or the uh, UPP uh, League Network, which we've already started with Storytime with Uncle Pete, and we've got Chelsea's Chelsea's podcast, and why can I not think of the name of that? Oh my gosh, One Track Mind? Wow, that was hard. and we are debuting a new one this week. Um, this one is going to be with me and my friend Tyler, uh, where we're, <clears throat> I've already explained it a little bit, uh, but we are looking at kind of the state of men and, and what uh, what we can do, what, what kind of advice can we offer uh, today's man out there to, you know, navigate certain things, whether that be on the fitness end, you know, should I be taking, TRT should I be you know lifting more running more Those those kind of things or hey? I just want to look better to attract Somebody you know and on Tyler's side, you know, he's looking at he's getting questions on through his website Which is guys guide GVL. That's his Instagram page. There is a website, but uh, guys Guide GVL uh, Go check that out a lot of cool pictures a lot of neat spots restaurants uh, fashion tips and then he also highlights um kind of prominent males in the community um it gives uh you know bring brings that community together a little bit more so he's fielding questions about uh you know from guys about hey i want to look a certain way i want to attract a certain type of person or or on the flip side my uh my boyfriend does this and that and that you know so there's lots of different questions that we're getting um and it was interesting when we sat down to kind of talk this idea out uh, although they're different topics it's the same type of guy or there's some i should say the same type of guy the similar um insecurities similar um themes and that that is no one no one knows what to do no one has it all together and i'm not saying tyler and i have it all together i what i am saying though is that we Uh, In our respective fields kind of have a good idea a good grasp on what's going on What's going on there and and you know give some ideas on how to help and we'll bring in some other people to help with that as Well uh, as we go, but our first episode will be launching this week. So I'm excited about that It's been uh, a long time building this new network trying to make sure that Audio quality is there. Uh, I know this is a road episode with different microphones, so it's a this one's liable to be one of the worst audio ones we've done, but um, it's been too long. I, I've got content out. So let me let me back up one step uh, before I jump into today's topic, which is leadership. Something I, I'm very excited to talk about. But before I jump into that, one last little update, YouTube page. You've heard me talk about it. Or we, we've been discussing it since the summer, uh, summer of 19, that is. Uh, about what it's gonna be, how it's gonna look, and you've heard me say, even recently, that I've made some um, additions, or some, a little revamp to the idea. It keeps getting better and better. Well, there's one reason why the last month we haven't done any podcasts. Um, if you recall, the last Coaching the Coach, we talked a little bit about how the new podcast, uh, or the podcast, for me, is going to be uh, talking about programming. That was gonna kind of be our um, theme over the next few podcasts, well, uh, to serve as a companion to the first YouTube episodes that come out talking about programming. Well, I realized that the YouTube uh, was taking a little longer to put together, uh, and so the, uh, the podcasts were gonna be out of sync, and it just, so I have all of those, I've actually recorded, I've been on my normal recording schedule, we just haven't been able, it, they weren't making sense, uh, chronologically, those need to come out after the YouTube. So YouTube, first YouTube episode will be launched this week. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, we also have a lot of new ideas after putting the first one together uh, about what to do next. So anyhow, stay tuned for a release date and you know, you'll know you see it all over our, our Instagram and Facebook pages uh, as soon as that is released. But that will be this week as will um, a new podcast uh, channel or a series uh, on the league network. So that's exciting. Uh, so been productive, been quiet over the last month, but been productive. Um, I am, as you can tell, on the road, driving back. Um, Spent a great week with my kids over their spring break. And uh, coming back to Greenville right now, I'm, where am I? I'm in Tennessee, just past Knoxville. So heading towards Asheville at the moment. Uh, Anyhow, cruising along, I've got uh, a few things to say about leadership, though, that um, have really been on my mind lately. Um, I think one of the things that I want to talk about most, or the biggest, the reason it's been on my mind, I guess that's why I should start out, is... Whenever we've been trying to make new ideas or new um, things for the gym, you know, we have these plans in place, right? But every time we start talking about these plans, then you know something comes up. We got to do this. We've got to do that, and it, it's you know it can it can seem to take forever <laughs> to get anything out, and things get put on the back burner and, and all these different things that. You know, uh, then we are hiring people, and you know, they're if they're not performing the way we want to perform, you know, all of these things, you know, go into owning and running your business, and sometimes being the leader of that business. Not that I'm in charge. Uh, Chelsea and I run the business 50 uh, 50, um, but we have certain roles within the business uh, that we that we take on just to keep it uh, somewhat organized, and. You know, personnel, kind of hiring the new people and, and training them. That's that's more on me, which is fine. I, I like doing that kind of thing. But it started to get me to think um, about culture and the culture that I want to have in the gym. And that the idea of there's a certain goal I want to hit with with our staff. And that's only gonna happen if I make it happen and Chelsea and I make it happen. And we can get frustrated when it doesn't, but then that just means that's it's our fault for not making it happen. So let me, let me back up. Before I get, you know, that, that'll be the end point. I'll come back to that. But being a leader um, is definitely something that not everybody is cut out to be, and that's fine. It's not something that you, everyone wants to be, even if they have the skills to do it. And sometimes people don't have the skills and they learn things and they become good leaders. So, you know, the idea that people are born leaders, um, there, there may be some, there may be some out there that just, you know, from day one, just have this knack to, to, uh, put themselves out there take the risks, do what needs to be done. And people naturally gravitate to those types of personalities. Um, and then maybe, over time, those people gain, you know, personnel management skills. And learn from their mistakes and put things out there. But I've had two conversations, or actually one conversation and one um, podcast I was listening to recently, that really started to make me think about some of the things that that I have done and some of the changes that I've made whether they were conscious changes or not, but I thought they, they'd be interesting to put out there because a- as you know, I like this podcast to be um, useful, like getting getting something out of it that you can put into your practice right away. So that's what I wanna try to get today is is an I have something that you guys can take away. So let me say, um, this conversation I had with one of our members um, on Fr- uh, yeah, Friday was about, Risk takers. So this particular client of mine is, um, you know, I don't know if unhappy is the word, but um, not thrilled with his current job situation. Although it's a comfortable job situation, seems to provide well monetarily, but it's not providing a challenge. It's been definitely not fulfilling uh, to him. And you know, since I've known him, he's talked about doing this, doing that, opening up his own company. He's also got this mentality where he is um, very curious about things. He looks into things, and and that's a that's a quality that I have as well. And I think we we were having this conversation about you know what is it that makes us just naturally curious? You know we don't we don't take things at face value. You know we hear something and we research it. Um, you know whether it be politics or just you know. Uh, pop culture or, you know, something fun, you know, like uh, you can hear something about politics, you're know, like, that doesn't sound right you go and research it and then you're like, oh, okay, here's the whole story or, you know, you can, you know, maybe you're into movies and you hear that they're they're making another Star Wars movie. What? I hadn't heard about that. So rather than just take that, you, I'm the type of person that's, I'm going to go look that up and, and so is he. So we were talking about that talking about what is it And he said something that was very interesting. He said some people are just more comfortable uh, living, not in fear, or not in danger, but living with that uh, certain level of discomfort. In other words, there are people out there that have jobs that are great paying jobs. They may not be fulfilling, it may not have been what they wanted to do when they grew up, and it may not be something they're passionate about maybe they have hobbies that they do outside of their job but in this scenario you know their job itself is just uh, a means to an end it's, it's providing them the money that's it and they're okay with that everything's comfortable they make a good living and you know so going out and exploring things or doing th- going above and beyond to make the, the world a better place whether that be through environmental actions or or you know making a change politically getting involved in that sort of thing or or even working out making a positive change in their physicality just because it's hard to get started these there are some people that don't want to do any of those things because their life is very comfortable and on one hand you, you respect that because it's like you, they've gotten to a certain level of comfort and that's where they want to stay and that there's nothing wrong with that so hear me now I'm not talking down on people in that scenario Um, but I'm certainly not one of those people Um, I I, I'm always curious I'm always looking at things and that to add some discomfort to their lives would would totally throw the routine off so a a good example of this is is my dad now my dad um, I think and you know uh, He's a good businessman, and I say that because he ran the dairy for a very long time, and then he successfully run a fence company for the last 25 years, and 25, 22, 23 years, something like that. Um, and the idea is, he has stayed in business. Now, is he grown the business to the biggest fence company in Oklahoma City? No. But that was never necessarily his goal. He was comfortable where he was at. Now my sister and her husband are both very entrepreneurial, and they are opening restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. They keep growing and growing, and they're doing very well, which is exciting, and and you know I'm very happy for them. And their food is amazing, so it's no wonder that they're growing. They're they're just good at business and good at uh, the actual product they're putting out. But to them when they hear, or when they see my dad, you know, kind of just being complacent where he's at, trying to get him to change, to do this, you got to market here, you got to add this, you got to do this, or you're going to, you know, you're not going to grow any. Well, my dad doesn't necessarily want to grow. He's happy. He makes a certain income. He'll do what he needs to do to maintain that certain amount of income. And to do more than that is outside of his comfort zone, doesn't really want to do it. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I I think along the lines of my sister I, I want to grow I want to keep pushing I want to keep rising to the top but again that's not how everybody' is is, is you know built and so my, my client said to me you know some people are just good at or okay with a certain level of discomfort you know stepping out and opening up your own business there's a lot of uncertainty there stepping up and taking a risk um, and and whether it be a professional risk or, or volunteering to lead a team, you know, knowing that if the if the you know prod, project that your team is working on doesn't go well, there could be ramifications. You could lose your job. You know, so people stepping out and taking those risks, um, it's not for everybody. The the other thing that got me thinking about all of this was a podcast I listened to a few weeks ago, and it was an old podcast. I'd actually listened to it before, oh, two years ago. Um, but i was just thumbing through some old um i was looking for a, a different podcast and i found this one um with jocko willick on uh the MSCEO project and he was talking about um in a book he wrote the that um he as a military leader you know he had decisions that you know were life and death you know he le- he led a team uh, into battle, and if he made wrong decisions, or decisions he made, uh, sometimes cause people to get hurt, wounded, or or even killed. Uh, and so, to take on that kind of responsibility is is an extreme. Uh, I mean, that that's more extreme than anything. Uh, which is why you know you've heard me say and do podcasts in the past about. Comparing your workouts to going to war or even the word boot camp and you know for class, you know A high-intensity class is not something. I like to I don't like to refer to them as boot camps um, Because I don't think it Does I think it does an injustice to people who actually go through boot camp uh, and serve our country, but that's me I don't know what veterans think about that Uh, but that's just my opinion so this podcast they talk about leadership and they talk about um, not just learning from your mistakes uh, their their whole point is uh, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes we've written books about it now learn from our mistakes so you don't have to um, but one of the things that they talked about that I really started to think about a while ago and again after talking with my client it just really hit me um, when you Make a decision, whether it, whether it turns out to be good or bad. You're making a decision based on you know the team around you, and I think that's that was my take home point from that particular podcast. Was you have an idea of where you want your business to go or where you want your um, you, know, you have an agenda, so to speak. And if you're the leader, if you're the boss, whatever you you can have that idea and know where you want to end up but if you don't have the personnel around you to do that you need to do one of two things either adjust your course of action say okay this is what I want to do but I don't have the kind of personnel to pull that off so I need to hire them or train them train my current staff to do this and if they don't take it take to the new training then we move on and I think that was um, invaluable to me when I first heard it because at at the time I first heard it um, You know, I was starting to, uh, starting our gym, it was around the time we started uh, the Upstate Performance Project. Um, And, you know, I felt like we were trying to build a team of trainers. And we're trying to get, you know, a team together that uh, is like-minded. But eventually, my goal is to move on. Not leave the gym, or not forget the gym, or sell off the gym, but to take the gym to different levels. And you know Chelsea and I have a three, five, ten-year plan of where we want to be, and, and not just our lifestyle, but where where the gym should be, and what what kind of products the gym should be. Or I should say the brand be putting out. I mean, we have a whole host of different things, but we can't do that if we don't have if we can't step away from the gym and know that it's going to be run at the level that we want. And that comes back on Chelsea and I as leaders. So we need to build team members that, that can do that. So I go back to um, my first job ever leading, and some advice I got. Again, I'm hoping I I may not be doing a great job of explaining uh, the process here, but take these little nuggets that I'm that I'm talking about. Like, um, you know, not not everyone's use or comfortable living in that discomfort, and that's important because it, it can be scary to do it. And you may have these great ideas but you've got to understand yourself if you are that type of person because it is going to be uncomfortable at times not just the financial risk you take although that's a big part of it but the the uh the weight of the decisions you make if you have people that you employ you know they have goals of their own whether they're they align with yours or not well they should if, they, if you've employed them but they may have goals of, you know, building up their um, portfolio and starting a family and doing things like that or they already have a family and they have goals and so your decisions impact their ability to save money and, and, and you know, climb the ladder, so to speak, should that be what they want to do. And so those are all very serious responsibilities so you have to be able to know if you're that type of person that can live with that discomfort and i think that's a quality of a leader Um, it may not be a quality that you know people can learn Uh, that might be what people are are born with but how to get the most out of people definitely you can learn with that and i think um, that gives you more confidence Uh, builds your self-efficacy as a leader And you hear us talking all the time about building the self-efficacy in your clients about, you know, showing them these small little victories, setting up um, uh, uh, ways to get around the obstacles and roadblocks that come up in their day-to-day routine so that they can be successful and then their self-efficacy grows. Well, same thing for you. If you um, learn these little different tips and tricks along the way about how to be um, someone that can get the most out of the people that work for them. That's going to increase your confidence in your ability to lead and your ability to take bigger risks because you know that you've trained the people well you know that you can do this so you know our philosophies and our strategies and missions don't just work from us down to our clients or down to our our staff but to for ourselves as well we want to employ those same things on us uh or or we're just lying, <laughs> or we're, we're we're not being truthful and, and not really walking the walk, uh, as we say we do to our clients. So um, let's let's put our clients aside for a minute. Let's talk about yourself becoming a leader, or or if you're already leading a team of people, some things, some other things you can do. So, like I said, be willing to live with a little bit of discomfort, uh, and and to know that um, you know your decisions, uh, you know, impact. Uh, A whole host of people so there's a lot of uh, responsibility that comes there of course Um, but the the next example the next idea uh, this came from my very first true leadership role so I've I've gone through some leadership training back in high school in college I took some leadership courses because for me it was taught that you know that's that's you know you want to be that leader you should strive to be the leader And not just to make more money or to, um, uh, you know, for fame or for status, uh, just to be seen as someone who's competent, but because you don't want anyone to have control over your situation. You want to be the one taking control. At least that's how I felt. That's how I took it when I grew up. For example, I wanted to be the captain of the football team, uh, and I was my senior year. Uh, we had four or five, uh, and but I, I really wanted to be voted in as captain because as captain, you know that that meant that people would listen. That meant people were watching me. That meant I could set the example. Uh, and sometimes I felt things were, you know, needed to be done a certain way, and, and I, I I liked having that role. I liked being in that position. I liked being seen as someone that people looked up to. Um, I did get awards, um, leadership awards, um, two or three in high school, and so this idea of being a leader was always something that was kind of um, important to me, but I didn't really understand what it meant. All I thought it meant at that time was, I've I've worked my way to the top. I'm not the best, but I'm I'm working towards being the best, In, in other words, If I was the captain of the football team, I may not have been the best guy on the field, but I was up there. It was a validation of my hard work. If I got put in a a a team leader role in my job, that meant maybe I wasn't the best employee, but I was, you know, seen as someone that could handle their business, you know, as opposed to someone that was going to take that business to the next level, which, in my opinion, is what a leader truly does. It's not someone that just manages things, that's a manager. Um, And a manager, you know, may lead a a small team or a large team of people, but they're not the ones making the big decisions in the company, right? It's not really being the driver of where everything's going. They're they're taking orders from those leaders and then making sure those orders are carried out. So again, my thought of being a leader was, yeah, just the, you know, being uh, being a manager, being in charge of of that, um, but it was always just about think. Or in my my mind, it was I'm at the top of, of this whatever I am at, whatever hierarchy I'm at is I'm at the top. So you wanted to be a leader because that meant, that meant you were moving up. What I didn't realize was that being a leader. And, and I would say this was this would have been in my mid20s mid to late 20s as I started to, to figure this out but being a leader really truly meant I was the one that was going to be that driver that made big decisions and that could take making those big decisions and then helping the the team get there and and you do that by hiring the right people and I'll talk about that in a minute but where it really sunk into me, uh, where I really got this whole leadership thing, um, where it really clicked for me was when I started working full-time at Ottawa University, which was not that long ago. Um, and I had been in leadership roles before, but this is the first time in my career where I had um, a, a team underneath me. And and not only that, but a team of people that were, um, not just chronologically older than me, but had way more experience than I did uh, in um, in teaching. So I was I was put in a role of the just the department head of the, of the um, exercise science. And after about a semester of that, they put me in charge of the uh, I was the division chair for the entire school of education. Which. Um, was a pretty big role now it wasn't a huge promotion in terms of money in fact really what it was was uh, more of an admin role and just kind of being in charge of these people and making sure certain processes uh stayed stayed happening but but for me i jumped at the opportunity because it it felt again like okay this is my way to work my way up because i had goals there i really wanted to be the head strength coach which um that semester, I actually got to be as well, and so that's one of the perks of working in a really small university. Uh, you can wear a lot of hats, but uh, but in this position, you know, my my role was to lead the staff in these in certain meetings. So the dean would give me um, there were certain things that we've split up, certain things that we had to do, and the dean traveled to all of our locations around the country. So I'd be left in charge when she was gone. And so, as such, you know, my main job was was day to day personnel management. And so we had it faculty, you know, part time faculty, adjunct faculty, coaches that taught one or two classes. Um, so there was a lot of people to manage, a lot of egos. Um, you know, a lot of college professors and, and coaches have have big egos, uh, and rightfully so. Sometimes they're they're very smart, intelligent people. But my point is this i did not understand even even after getting that job and getting that um promotion to that position of what it really entailed what it really meant to be that leader because when they gave me um the idea or the the position they basically said look you, you know you did a good job as to the department head of the exercise science department but we 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 have a bigger um, bigger goal in mind here. We, we need you in this position here. Kind of do the same thing you're doing there. You organized this well, you led meetings well, you were productive in those meetings, this is what we want to move you on to. Okay, and so right away, right away, um, I had to let someone go. And you know, then I sort of think, maybe they just gave me this job. so they didn't have to fire someone. Uh, but at the same time, The same week i was told i had to let someone go um i also had two long time well respected um professors kind of bickering at each other and it within our department and we're kind of causing a uh, a ruckus so to speak and you know i was it was my job to squash this and so these these particular women had been teaching and i respect them both greatly still do uh, they have both accomplished a lot in the education world and um, I learned a lot from them but they had their differences and they were starting to show and it was it was evident that this was going to be a problem and I think ultimately looking back at it they were inadvertently uh, trying to test me because I, I think this was one of these things where the, no one really thought that me or that I should be in that role because I didn't have the experience and, um, you know, in terms of higher education, I've had experience um, te- or uh, in this profession, but not, but not in that role. So I, I'm not sure why this incident came up, but I remember going to the dean and saying, okay, so I could handle it this way, but this is a potential outcome. I could handle it this way. This is a potential outcome. Basically, I was kind of regurgitating all the thoughts I had in my head and uh, she looked at me basically cut me off and said you remember in your interview when we posed a question to you and you had an answer we put a question like what would you do if you had two people bickering at each other how would you handle that I said yeah no I, I do she goes that's why we hired you we have we trust you go make the decision and move on and it clicked and that was probably like the most freeing freeing uh experience i've ever had in my professional career like i felt so um empowered then because i'm like oh yeah i actually oh okay i can make that decision they're gonna let me oh So they just trust me. They just trust me to make the decision I want to make. Oh, this is, you know, and it's not like the power went to my head. It just was like, Oh, that's what it means to be a leader. That was my aha moment. Right? So I had this, okay. (laughs) They're like, look, I'm not going to sit here and go over all these options with you. You have, you have options and you know the outcomes of your options. It's clear. You've thought this through. Pick the one you want to go and go with it and we'll back you up. That's why we hired you. If, 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 my, if the Dean wanted to go over every potential scenario with me and then come up with the best one, she would have just done the job herself and I wouldn't have had that position, right? So it, w- it was silly for me to even go to her. But again, my idea, my whole frame of thought of being a leader was, you know, uh, I kind of understood it from a um, cognitive standpoint. But I hadn't led a team yet. This is my first time actually leading a team. I, and that's not true, I was the lead personal trainer um, at a um, uh, at a clinic there in, from 2004 to 2006. Um, but I'll say that even though I had a staff underneath me and I, I did have some leadership ex- uh, experience, basically what that meant was I was the, the one that got the first Write a refusal to all the clients, and then everything just kind of trickled down from there. And they—that was the type of clinic. They they just wanted numbers. They just wanted people schedules full. They didn't really care about growing and and um, uh, adding new programming or anything like that. They just wanted full personal training schedules. So everyone kind of you know uh, worked independently uh, of themselves. Any, anyhow, so it didn't take a lot of managing. Uh, I'm in a traffic jam right now. Um, anyhow, the uh, this was very empowering for me. Like I said, this is very much like a, uh, um, I don't know how you'd say it, like a like I said, an aha moment, I guess that's the best way to put it. So I, I left there, made the decision I needed to make and, and things went off from there. But from that point on, I realized that you, when you hire someone, or when you're hired to do the job, it's it's on you, as the leader, to make sure that those people are trained the right way and trained to do things the way you want them to do them. And if you don't, and you and you just let things go, um, like when you hire them, if you've hired them to do a certain job and they're not doing it, and you let them go, then it's on you. And you have to turn around and kind of re- re- reel them back in. But you can't hold them responsible. In other words, Uh, I've given some directives to some people before and they did not do it or they didn't do a great job or they uh, kind of got on or got off, they they got it done, they completed it, but it wasn't up to snuff or maybe they just weren't doing it. And I had to keep, you know, getting on them about it. If I don't tell them or coach them the right way, then that mistake is on me and not on them you can't take you can't punish them if they don't do it right if you never told them how to do it right and you could sit here and say well if you hired them to do a certain job they should be able to do the certain job and as as evidenced in my example earlier the difference there is um, in their interview process they made sure that i had the skills to, to man to do all of those things so i say that to say this if you are trying to build your team Uh, Whether you're a personal trainer, you know, building a staff for your gym or you're an office manager. When you're putting the team around you, you need to find the people that are going to compliment you, right? Maybe have some skills that you don't. Because as you've heard me say, high tide raises all ships. So, if I hire someone that's got more um, uh, experience uh, than me in, you know, say Olympic weightlifting, to start up an Olympic weightlifting program in our gym, um, if I get all butthurt, like, oh, they're getting all that, I Olympic weightlift too, I should be the one doing that. If I have that attitude, then we're not going anywhere. But if I can bring someone in and all of a sudden we have a lot of success there, it's not that I'm being overshadowed or you would be overshadowed as a leader, it's your gym that you own uh, becomes uh becomes known for that and again everyone rises you benefit from it that coach benefits from it and the people that you serve benefit from it which is ultimately what it's all about so hiring those right people but training them so doing your interview uh, is extremely important so you know you see things like I mean I've been involved in in the hiring process on both ends you know several times been you know applied for jobs and been on been a hiring manager many times and you know I've, I've run a run across questions that are uh, you know like if you know what's your favorite color or you know things like that that have like deeper meanings and 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 those kind of questions I understand uh, can give you some insight to that person's personality but really what you want to know is can you do the job that I'm hiring you to do so I'll paint a picture I'll give them an actual scenario and then when you hire them, you give them a job or give them a task right away that's gonna test those skills. Um, one thing that we like to do um, in the gym, and this is something that I learned from working at another gym, again, that something that worked out really well, was you'd have your interview, you hire the person, um, or at least tentatively hire the person, and then you give them um, a certain, uh, not really initiation, but kind of a test and, and that way you see where they land, not, it's not a hiring or, or a, um, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to hire them or, or fire them. Pardon me. It just means you understand how to work with them. So for example, when we hire staff, we have them do this initiation workout. And again, I can't take credit for this. Uh, so, uh, Chad Richards, um, is the guy I learned it from. I, I don't know if Where he learned it from if he came up with it himself or not but um basically what you do is when you hire someone we put them through this test uh this this particular workout and the workout has a lot of kind of unique parameters but it it fits our philosophy of that short intense exercise right that and that's something that we preach in our success formula so we are definitely uh trying to practice what we preach right here, even in the, this initiation workout that we call it. But we put the client or the potential candidate through the workout and there's no performance standard. In other words, it's not like they have to hit a certain weight or they have to hit a certain time or a certain number of rounds. We just want to see what they do. Are they going to push themselves? Do they warm up the right way? Uh, do they know what tempo means because again, we put a lot of working uh, elements into the workout to kind of test their working knowledge, but also, you know, if they're not going to push themselves Are they going to push their clients if they don't know how to warm up if we tell them the exercises and Then they don't warm up well for those exercises. Are, are they going to be able to warm their clients up? And so when our clients are paying good money and we're saying we're putting our reputation on the line We want to make sure that these people do that but it, it does one of two things, or it does two things. The first thing it does is it lets us know where that person's at. So we may still hire them, and we probably will hire them, but it's, it's also <coughs> gives us an idea of where they need help on. You know, what things do I need to do to guide them uh, to become better coaches, right? Uh, to represent my brand better also it gives me a baseline of or a reference point so that if we go back to you know this because my staff is underperforming or not doing what i want when i talk to them i can i can reference that and say remember when we did this and this this is what i'm talking about Um, and so it makes the day-to-day managing of your staff a lot easier because as i mentioned before if you give someone a task and they're not doing it and then you either do it for them just to get it done on time, or you don't correct them the right way, then all that does is look bad on you. And if you have to fill out, you know, uh, progress reports on them, or, you know, performance uh, evaluations, uh, you can't give them a bad evaluation if you never gave them any feedback whatsoever. If, if you gave, if you just said, oh, no, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Um, And they really weren't then they're not going to get any better Uh, and if you come down super hard on them for not doing what you want after months and months and months of them doing it a certain way and they're like why didn't you tell me before and they'd have every right to say that and turn it back on you (coughs) which is why i love the idea of um like when i was teaching the idea of those staff reviews Now a lot of times the students would just fill in the bubbles to get out they just okay fill this out i want to get this done um so a lot of times like i didn't look at the overall score i really just read the comments uh i wouldn't say i never looked at the overall score but you know a lot of times people would fill in either all fives or all ones like the, the teacher exceeded expectations or didn't exceed expectations you know if they hated the teacher they would give them all ones to kind of screw with them so their their average you know based or point average based on those you know, did they effectively teach the lesson? Did they provide the right resources? Those, you know, I would look at secondarily, but what I would look at first is the comments. Because if someone is gonna take the time to write a comment, those are the, those are usually fairly accurate, um, or at least very valid. Uh, very, very, not very often, uh, very seldom, would you see someone that could care less, was just trying to fill out the survey, uh, at the, it's the last day of the semester. I just want to fill this out and go home. They're just going to fill it out. And, you know, the comments were always optional. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, they would They would just leave them blank. So if someone took the time to write out, I would usually assume that that meant this is worth reading and worth, you know, really looking into if, if need be. And so if a teacher had a really bad review, um, it was then my job to sit down and teach them, uh, coach them up on you know where they need to be. In my you know job as a as a wellness director at the YMCA, I had to do the same thing, performance reviews. And if it came to a performance review and they really hadn't performed up to snuff, but I had let them get away with it, I didn't give them any coaching along the way or any indication that they were performing poorly, and then all of a sudden I sprung it on them. That's gonna only look bad on me. That's only gonna reflect poorly on me because I didn't give them the proper feedback. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and you know stop here, and we're gonna do a part two uh, in a little bit. But the idea it, that I want you guys to start thinking about is when you when you want to be a leader, you've got to remember there, you've got to work with a little bit of discomfort. You got to be able to take some risks. Uh, but you also have to understand that your decisions affect the lives of a lot of people and so as such you need to make sure that your hiring practices and your review practices are timely uh, and and accurate. and you can't be afraid to tell someone the truth uh this is this is the other thing that um that uh uh, that i took from the mf CEO podcast with Jocko Willock um, when he was the guest, Jocko was the, the guest, is that um, you have uh, I totally lost my train of thought <laughs> um, I totally lost, lost my train of thought. Anyways um, I'll try to put the uh, in the uh, comments here, section below, I'll try to put a link to that particular podcast because I think it's worth a listen. Um, anyhow Thank you, and I will do part two very soon.